Hey, I see you made it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anita Banks, a.k.a. Trinity Blake, with sex therapist Diana Ryan, and you're listening to It's Never Just Sex. Get your pen and paper because you will want to take notes. Don't worry, the names have been changed to protect the innocent or the not-so-innocent. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at It's Never Just Sets Podcast. Welcome to It's Never Just Sets. I am Anita Banks. We had a little powwow before we got started, so um, we're, we're pretty warmed up. I wanted to make sure I took a little bit of time so we could introduce ourselves. You can discuss how we met, what projects you're working on, what you kind of stand behind, who you are, whatever you want to share. I will start with Diana. Okay. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, an LPC here in Dallas, Texas. I'm an ACED certified sex therapist. I'm also a certified life coach. And my niche market is ethical non-monogamy and the LGBTQIA community. Do I have any projects going on? Not currently, but there are some in the works. So stay tuned. I'm Jay. I am the local friendly guy. Uh, I'm an engineer, personal trainer. have a lot of projects that I work on with the youth. Currently working with sober youth where we're advocates for keeping teens, abstaining from the use of drugs and alcohol during their high school stint. And uh, we use athletes as uh, ambassadors. And whatever the case may be, but uh, that's pretty much my main project that I have going on right now besides coaching and training. Okay, well, my name is Anita, and I am a, a chef. I'm a catering director affiliated with Wicked Apple Studios, which is where we are at today. I manage a lot of their nonprofit organizations, and I participate in different little get-togethers and talks and things of that sort, but most of the things I do is really just to bring awareness and give representation that, you know, as far as being a female minority and being bisexual and alternative, we are everywhere and we are important. I'm not going to do that <laughs> that particular speech, but you find yourself in all different types of situations. And I just feel like I have the audacity to say, hey, you don't have to be in any situation. You can change any situation at any time and hopefully put out some information that someone can have an aha moment and not feel like, you know, they're out there alone. You Sounds guys awesome. have a great resume. I need to boost mine up. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I, need, I need to work on my presentation for real. As a local friendly guy? If you're a local friendly guy, you know what I mean? I got to do something Everybody better. needs a J. There you Absolutely. Go. A J. I used to call uh, J Tommy because we went several years not knowing exactly what his occupation was. Or where I lived. Or where he lived. Nothing. I just showed or up. Or where, where he worked, where he lived. And after stalking him for quite some time and withholding food, finally I was like, you're going <laughs> to share with me. We cannot be friends. You're I had to starve draw, if you don't tell me. I had to draw a boundary. <laughs> we can't be friends if I don't know where you live. I remember that. First first time I told her, hey, having a barbecue at my house. What? At who house? Your house? Oh, I'm there. For real, it's not a joke. Like, right. I'm coming. I'm going to drive out early just to make sure. <laughs> I, so this is a real thing, right? Oh, it's real. It's real. It, it, Nobody it real. knew anything. No one knew. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And then I told everybody. I didn't tell everybody your address or anything. I just let them know that I knew where he lived and where he worked. I was like, no, he he has a job. <laughs> I've been, I went by his job, like in the building. I was there. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that was um, a moment. A moment. And as I was saying about you earlier, you were the first beautiful black female that was grounded and you were a superwoman. And when I, I used to write uh, blogs, it was when I started talking about power couples and things of that sort. I was like, normally when you meet couples and al- especially in alternative lifestyle, one is very weak and one is very strong. So when you meet a couple and both are strong units, it's to me, it was just very satisfying. I was just like, this is nice. This this is like um, luxury of relationships as far as alternative. It I was, love strong men, though. I yeah. love strong women. I have had some straight up naked battles with men and women about who going to be on top. <laughs> so I love them strong. <laughs> Well, you know, not just even strong physically, just because it takes more than just oh, a physical. Oh, I, I in the wasn't bedroom. even talking about strong okay. physically. <laughs> I literally was talking about, you know, if you have a beautiful woman that you're interested in and y'all are sans clothing, there has been more than one occasion where we have flipped and flipped and flipped doing a power struggle. You know, the yeah. power exchange was not, it was not aligning. Well, you know, most people, when you guys first met me, I laid it down that, you know, I was a powerhouse. Like, don't step to me unless you're ready. And I met my match years ago. And I met a boyfriend first. And I was like, oh, he is gorgeous. And they were very open. And then he was like, my girlfriend is coming into town. Let me show you a picture. And I was like, oh, well, she's a pretty little thing. I'm going to have fun with her. So him and I went to the bar first, waiting for her to get in. She gets in, she walks in, and I'm like, she's really pretty. This is going to be fun, thinking I'm going to be the dominant one because I'm always the dominant one. And it was a tug of war. We went back and forth and back and forth. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, she won. After hours and hours, she's like, wait a minute. And I remember she reached under the bed and pulled out a suitcase full of stuff (laughs) after hours. And I was like... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> she had all her little bills. I was not ready. I was not ready. I looked over. Even he went to sleep. I think in his mind, he was like, whew, I don't have to do this all night. Like, Thank you. <laughs> the I stunt look, man is here. <laughs> he's rolled up in the bed and she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I, I remember locking myself in the bathroom, calling my homegirl like, you got like, to come get me. <laughs> Pineapples. Pineapples. <laughs> and she's like knocking on the door like, come on, baby. I'm like, uh, I, I can't. I just, I just, yeah, I, I lost. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost, but I still do admire power couples and people. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be beautiful to be alternative, but mm-hmm. you see a lot of people go for alternative things because they have insecurities about how they look and they think that's the only way that they can get what they want by bringing some type of kink or awkwardness to the situation. And I'm like, no, you know, you could be a regular person and just be like, no, I just like that. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's sexier than anything, just to stand in it and be like, yeah, I'm nasty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I don't believe I've ever described it like you that. You have to say you, nasty. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'm just like, yo, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I, and I look at you with a blank face like when you, okay, but that's what I like. So are you talking to me because you want to hang out or no? Nah? <laughs> you know, I, I've, I think I've gotten comfortable with the word nasty because I don't like the word wild. Janet Jackson's comfortable with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the word wild when people say, oh, you're being wild. I'm real defensive. Like, no, wild is to be out of control. 
I know exactly what I came to do. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wild about this situation. See, I don't even see it as nasty. I literally don't see it as nasty. I see it as like everyday kink, you know, everyday acting out, whatever. You know, it's just like but isn't like every kink day. just a synonym for nasty? I don't know if it's a synonym for nasty. I think kink is a descriptor to tell okay. you what environment you may be in. But, I'm, you know, for me, it's not like, hey, I'm being nasty. Like, that's outside my normal. No, kink is my normal. I could pull out my electro play at any point and zap you a couple, three times and have a good time with it. Yeah, kink you know? can be the high heels. Just watching them <laughs> walk around the room. What's nasty about walking around the room in high heels? Wait a minute. We it's used just to your call desires that, uh, and, your, and your pleasures. Not kinks, but uh, fetishes. Fetish. Fetish. Mm-hmm. It can be, but that kink being in the overarching... You know, descriptor, because a lot of people like if you do impact play, right, they're thinking BDSM and they're thinking, OK, if you're doing kink, you're just doing the the thought process. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're doing kink, then you're doing BDSM. That may not be it. You know, it may be electro play. It may be sensation play. It may be. <laughs> wax. It, it, it could be wax. It could be fire play. It could be blood play. You know, so we're talking an overarching title. I think everybody needs little think clouds, buddy. Ding, right, ding, right. Yes, exactly. Yes, that too. Like the cartoons. I, yes. pop up. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Got you, player. We match. <laughs> You know, since we're talking about that, one of the things that I had mentioned you guys before we got here about some possible things to share with the public, mm-hmm. the black culture and alternative relationship styles, alternative sexual preferences, just being alternative in general. We were in a book club and we were reading the book Stolen Women. Yes. And it was just talking about, you know, the differences between black women and white women and how we process sex our right. our sexuality, the statistics and things that people automatically assume that, you know, black women are fast and we're these. Right. The Jezebel. The Jezebel. And Sapphire and, and um, you know, the Miami. All sorts of things. And, yeah, absolutely. And they compared, she did a study and compared black women to white women. And it's actually came up in quite a few studies that white women had more sexual partners than black women. But that's not what society plays as far as like. To the media, to the public, right? And things no, of that they, sort. they the mainstream media wants to a narrative that they create for people of color that says we're over sexualized. That ends up in these particular studies that we were going through. That ended up not being necessarily true. Do you think the mainstream media and all that is based off how we present it? As far as let's say our music. No, absolutely not. The influences that our music and stuff have on the society. I think the mainstream media, yeah, absolutely. I think mainstream media gives you the narrative that they feel like is true based on stereotypes. Stereotypes, All the way back from slavery days up till now, it's stereotypes that they are acting in. Um, those unconscious biases so that police officers, they that media, stuck. they just they they will sexualize a young black child much earlier than they will sexualize a young white child because they see black people as more adult at younger ages than gotcha. they may see their their white children. Right. It's like that. So if we're operating from that standpoint, they're like, okay, well, obviously black people, you know, and they're unconsciously referring back to slavery days. Obviously, black people were wanting slaves. Obviously, they were the bucks. They were this. They were that. The Mandingo. Yeah, the Mandingos. They, you know, instead of looking at, okay, those were survival reflexes because there were no choices. Right. Right. So a lot of the black women, what they would do was to act like they enjoyed it 
yeah. so that they can keep the person who was enslaving them and beating them from doing it again. And then when you got past that form yeah. of slavery and we went into the next phase, black women were still trying to put everything together and hold everything down and it became very defensive because of slavery it had broken the bond between the black female and the black male Mm -hmm. and black females felt like they had no one really to protect them and they hadn't for a long time so it was like oh i got it don't worry about it i'm good i'm good and so a lot of those uh sexual stereotypes kind of carried on in a way right so what now yeah the stereotypes carried on but in the same action People of color had a tendency to be less sexual so that they could prove that those stereotypes were not true. And because of that kind of brings us to where we are now. We are behind when it comes to alternative things because a lot of us, a lot of black women specifically, never really had sets for enjoyment. It was usually for a purpose. A duty. Yeah. I'm getting married. I'm not the type of girl. I wouldn't do that. Or unfortunately, the other side where they're taken advantage of. So when you get to talking about being alternative and doing different things and having fun, I feel like the black culture is behind the curve. Like we're trying mm-hmm. to catch well, we're up. Trying to, we're trying to figure out how to truly experience we our experience own it? sexuality you know, is it you know, safe? and exploring it. Our Are we own in a safe sexuality? place to do it without being judged? Right. I have a question. I have a question going back to what you said as far as the stereotype and how black women are stereotyped due to the slavery things. And most of it, most of the ones I would think and wasn't there, none of us was there, would be the black women that were in-house. They were the in-house, you know what I mean, versus mm-hmm. out in the field. Mm-hmm. However the case may be, do you think that black men moving forward have adapted that same mentality to thinking that they can exploit the black women way back uh, from the slavery time because they accepted it because in, being in the field as a buck or whatever case may be you knew what was going on in the house right you couldn't do nothing to protect them they could not do anything but to do you think them. that mentality to say well she accepted it from master she'll accept it from me no I don't no. think so. No. And, and I, I do not, not agree. everyone. I, I really not think everyone, it's cognitive but. dissonance that is carried genetically mm-hmm. through generations because you have a man who has someone they love who they cannot protect. So we've got options, right? When mentally and emotionally, we have options. When you feel you can't change a situation, you change how you feel about the exactly. situation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what happened, and I don't know of this for a fact, but this is what I would think. Mm-hmm. What happened is because the black man could not protect his family in the way that his spirit said they needed to be protected, that he changed his view of it so that he could be in congruence. Because you can't live in So that in, he can handle it yeah. So you can't live in so this. Men and the women both did yeah. that. And a lot of things some people might not know, it wasn't just the females that were in-house. There were a lot of plantations. Their business was to breed. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter if you were in-house or out of the house. They brought them there to breed. And they would intentionally mix them together like, oh, you're a good batch. Okay, so we're going to take this mom and we're going to go get her mm-hmm. brother. And then we're going to get mm-hmm. them to mate yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I was particularly talking about the master taking advantage of the slaves right. that worked in-house versus just going out to the field house. Yeah, and they and would have the these shows where they would, you know, have it was all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, Any, yeah, yeah, anything yeah, yeah, to diminish your sense of self and history and where you came from. Yeah, that's how they dominated mentally. Mm-hmm. 
They dominate. But that's how they tried to break you. Yeah, so, exactly. so you take that, and as you start to grow, and this applies to more than just sexual for your yeah, fi- overall. financial overall, your health, what you eat, how you spend, everything that you do is you know is passed from generation to generation to generation. So now you have this group of black people that want to go out. They want to go and explore their sexuality. They want to go out and do things, and you have. All this stuff behind you, the black church, the black family, the media, like, and I just said, oh, mm-hmm. you're nasty. When I say, oh, I'm nasty, I say it, I own it. But imagine other people saying you're nasty just because you choose to explore something different. Or not even just nasty, just, you know, decide that something is like wrong with you. Right? That something is wrong with you because you want to do these things and we don't do those things. And we, you always want to say, so who is we? <laughs> and where do we live? Because we ain't paid none of my bills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this week, last week, last month, none, next year. <laughs> not any of them. So what's your opinion in the present as far as the black community, the black culture, as far as being alternative? When I say alternative, I'm talking a huge blanket of just being outside the norm of being in a monogamous heterosexual type relationship. Oh, I live in alternative. You can catch me doing electro play. You can catch <laughs> me potentially experiencing another partner other than um, my nesting partner, the person I've lived with for the last 12 years. You can catch me <laughs> <laughs> entertaining any number of people because I don't necessarily, uh, my attraction is not by gender. My attraction is by personality, so... You can catch me any number of ways. I've had people ask me, why do you act like that? Mm. And I'm like, like what? Exactly. Because you haven't seen everything. I just showed what are you, you talking some about things. Specifically. <laughs> Please be specific. I don't want right, to divulge like, so anything when you, else. When you get ready to settle down, you know, I was like, well, even if I even if I uh, chose to be in a monogamous relationship, it still does not change my views that I feel like you can do anything you want to do, any way you want to do it, as long as... You know, you're respecting each other and it's, it's a common, you know, understanding, understanding. You know, this is what we want. Then go for it. I mean, have fun with it and do not do not be bashful about it. Be shy, be concerned, be aware. But, you know, just live freely. I used to hear this all the time when I used to host events. Oh, I just got back into the lifestyle. Yeah. Then where'd you go? Like, is yeah. there a right. door? <laughs> <laughs> so you get in and out of mm-hmm. the lifestyle. Have you guys heard that before? Very much uh, so. Yeah, I've, I've heard Anybody the term. Anybody care to explain what that means? <laughs> but I, I think, and we just talked about this the other day on uh, Clubhouse. I think more often than not, what it's referring to is you're, you're changing emphasis, you're changing priorities. Sometimes you're like in it to win it. I mean, every weekend you're doing the thing, right? And then other times you're like, okay, I'm going to concentrate on home. I'm not going to play on the weekends. That, that requires a lot of energy. So I'm going to concentrate on home and I'm going to do what I need to do. And that for them may be stepping out of the lifestyle. Level of participation. And then they may come back in to where they're again going out and they're doing events and they're doing travel arrangements, you know, and you might find them at, you know, Secrets in Florida or Hito or wherever, you know, and they back in it. Um, I think kind of that is the stepping in and the stepping out instead of the the continuum that you're looking at where you're in the lifestyle strongly and then you may step down to like every so often or randomly. I know our trajectory, me and my partners, has been lifestyle, out of the lifestyle, and then we hit the pandemic. There ain't a whole lot you can do during that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, and then moving kind of strongly into kink, actually. 
you know. So we probably do more, or at least together, we do more kink events uh, because that's where my focus is. And he still promotes lifestyle. Okay. How do you feel about being in and out of the lifestyle? I mean, I agree with Diana. I guess it's more of the level of participation that you have. I always describe myself as lifestyle affiliated because I've never really That's just. Right. That's right. I'm asking the wrong person. I'm asking the wrong person. I've been around you guys. He's I've the cocktail seen, appetizer guy. Yes, you I serve you all the drinks. <laughs> do you want? Do you, you need? You need some more sausages on your plate? I'm that guy. You know what I mean? But when everything goes down, I'm still in the living room selling drinks. You know what I mean? Hey, you want a drink? You want a drink? You want a drink? So I'm affiliated, but I've never really just jumped into embracing the whole thing because i i guess the stereotype of the traditional this and that how you supposed to go is still in me and it's just like uh, i can't do that um i just can't do that you know what i mean no judgment i like to watch and peek and, around and, and the corner that is honestly whatever. what kept you around because you know i had a lot of strict rules and i'm like well if you're not doing syz by this time this might not be the place for you except jack he can stay. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like I said, I, I, I don't judge, you know, in the case maybe, and, and I don't participate, but, you know, I'm open to it in a sense. I, I guess it's kind of strange. You know what I mean? I guess I like the environment because of the freedom yeah. and the uninhibited uh, expression of everything that you guys do and, and, and the people do. I, I embrace it. I'm like, man, that's great. I can't do it, but that's great. You know what I'm saying? I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready, but that's great. But I would see, love to experience to me, it on a certain level like I you guys that with that lot, freedom. Though. But, but me, it's just not something that, that I'm, I'm not that guy. What you're saying and what she is saying, to me, all of that is lifestyle. Lifestyle is not an action. Lifestyle is a way of thinking. And, you know, I am alternative and I like certain things and I believe you can be in or out or do whatever, but you are still mm-hmm. in that frame of mind that you're okay with it. And right. it's not necessarily what you're doing or where you're going. It's what you think. So it's kind of like sexuality or relationship dynamic is you can be poly whether you're actually in a poly dynamic or not. Correct. But the way you think is still multiple loves. Yes. Right. I'm dating one person right now. I'm with one person. But for anybody else that's ever met me before, they will probably say, oh, no, Anita is poly. And I always say, you know, that was an understanding of a relationship that I will have with a group of people. And now I'm with one person and we have a different understanding it still doesn't change how i feel about certain things it just means this is the agreement that i've decided to enter at this point right your actions are different right i don't think there's a getting in and getting out of the lifestyle i think that there's people that want to experience it and see what it's all about and tried a couple things and were just like nope can't do it right as far as i'm concerned you were never lifestyle well i think it's in you whether you participate or not it's in you. It's who you are. You're your person. You know what I mean? It's just like saying how you love a person. You know what I mean? I love you, but how I love you is totally different than me loving you. So being in the lifestyle, if it's in you and how you react to the lifestyle or how you interact, I guess you want to say to the lifestyle, are you participating fully or are you standing back just observing or whatever the case may be? Are you in it 100 percent on Monday? And then on Wednesday, are you uh, 25% in? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what because, is twenty five percent? But I'm just right. saying, I'm just are you going? To, are you going you. to? But all, I, think, all, I think it's 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 more of a mindset exactly than a, than a behavior. That's what we're talking about. It's more of a mindset. Most than definitely, a behavior. I know pl- I know people that have lots of partners, but they just aren't transparent with each other to try to do it openly. Mm-hmm. We do not call that ethical non-monogamy. That's correct. What we call that is cheating. It's cheating. <laughs> and and you, you find a lot of people that try to get into, which I think that's crazy, get into the lifestyle so that cheating can be easier. And they still cheat. What I, I see is that. people getting into the lifestyle so they can deal with their partner cheating. I've seen that too and a lot. unfortunately, that doesn't solve anything because your partner will still cheat because there's some salaciousness there's some excitement in the doing something behind your partner's back rather than doing it and having your partner fully aware it's of that what thrill you're doing. of getting away with it exactly you know and, and a lot of people have that it's the thrill it's the thrill of getting away with it whether it's your partner knows whether you're in the back of the movie theater whether you're in the parking lot of thing you got away with it you know what i mean that thrill game of you? thrones mm-hmm. it's just shame <laughs> just i just do not get down with cheaters once mm-hmm. I find out somebody is like cheating, I'm like, you lost the cool point with me. And I've never grasped that from being an affiliate. <laughs> you know what? Why, I call you why? lifestyle adjacent. Yeah. Lifestyle adjacent. I'll take that. That's a new term. <laughs> That's a new term. I can I can embrace that. So, but I never got that because I'm like, if you're in it and the person that you're cheating with is in it, why are you cheating? It can be so transparent. Everybody can have fun. Everybody can do their thing. And be just transparent. But like we said, it's just the mindset of thought of getting away with it and feeling like you're getting over on somebody. And it, it stems from younger ages to me. It stems from young ages. You you were groomed in that way of being sneaky and conniving and getting just, away with things throughout I, your, your whole lack, life. Lack of integrity. Because, you know, if you feel like if you're one of those people who think I can do this, I can get away with it and no one is going to know. I'm just a person that believes in karma. I believe in energy and my mama scared me as a child. <laughs> it was like she was going to find out. <laughs> so even even now, I tell people as open as I am and as bold as I might seem to a lot of people, I was asked, would I be like this if my parents were still alive? If my mother were still alive? Yes, because I was already coming out alternative while she was still on Earth. If my dad was still alive? No. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) I will probably be doing all the same things, but on a whole level of discretion. So I I used to tell people I put myself out there. So my guests that come to my events or join me on anything else I do, they don't have to. Like, I'm okay with being the representative, the liaison, the the ambassador. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. My people know. My, My people know. My baby brother called me, you know, my, and when I say my baby brother, I'm 54. So You don't look it. You know, my baby brother is in his goals. 40s. I have goals now. <laughs> so, but he called me last week and he said, you know, I'm just calling you because I don't want to have any more uncomfortable conversations with my friends. Where do you go to find people who may want to join you for a threesome? I started laughing and I was like, yo, go to this website and they can go to this website. Let them know that they can check it out. Check it out. 
that is how open I am with what I do is my family actually knows what I do. They've been invited down here when we having the big parties. Right. I made so that you're mistake. the doctor in the family, the doctor in the world. You just doctor. I doctor, made that mistake. I invited my counsel. Family. Pardon me. I don't want to do it wrong. Counsel. That was horrible. That was horrible. Yes. My family crazy. They crazy okay. like me. You know what? First of all, my brother took on a whole whole new interpretation of it. So he goes back home and he was like, I'm doing what my little sister is doing. And I get there. I was like, this is a brothel. Yeah. This is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is yeah. not what I am doing. And he was like, "Yes, it is." No, it's not the same thing. This is illegal. Very, very, very <laughs> illegal. And then my sister, you know, I always looked up to her. She was the conservative one. She's the one, you know, that graphs, you know, the Bible closed and be like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And she got buck wild at a party. And I'm like, I had somebody watching her. Where is my sister? They was like, she's with security over there. And I'm like, oh, my God. And my cousins were just like, this is the best party ever. I'm like, y'all just been holding this in for a while. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. They was more buck than <laughs> I always call myself, you Duck know, smooth. You surprise, <laughs> surprise, <buck>. surprise. <laughs> but speaking of threesomes, I actually did a workshop. And uh, we have a, a theme around the podcast about how to plan a threesome. I got that question more than any other question when I did events. Can you tell me how to get a threesome? Can you tell me how to build a threesome? Mm -hmm. And uh, I came up with, you know, all the tools and advice that you need to get you as close to a threesome as possible. Okay. Share, share, share. Sharing is caring. I'm trying to pull my pen out right (laughs) now. (laughs) I won't tell everything, you know, that's a whole other show. But a few things. First, if you're a couple looking for a threesome, the first thing I say is evaluate each other. When was the last time you've been on a date? You have people that's been together. They've gotten comfortable with each other. You know, they got little pudges, your clothes aren't iron, your ankles ashy. And (laughs) you get so confident and comfortable with each other. You actually think that's going to help you bring in someone new no if you're going to put yourself back on the market gotta be make yourself marketable like yes. check right. your partner like so you that's what you that's what you wear really you can't baby you, <laughs> you can't know? wear and you need to be honest with each other figure out as i was talking to you earlier it's very rare that you come across the power couple and one of the main ingredients of a power couple is you can have the male or the female independently and have a fantastic time Most couples, they rely on each other. You have the weak one and you have the strong one. The biggest mistakes that couples make, they send out the strong one to recruit. Don't do that. Give me something to look forward to. Send out the weaker one. So you got to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You're going to go out and catch. Am I the weaker one? I didn't say that, baby, but you're going to be the first one (laughs) to go Mm -hmm. out. You're the one out there fishing. You're going to go out there fishing and then I'm going to follow it up. And most couples are looking for another female. They're looking for that unicorn. Mm-hmm. And you have to be and honest. We, and we do need to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I got a little heartburn about that. And <laughs> it's, it's not right. But <laughs> And then you need to discuss the fact that when you're with your partner, you're probably not using condoms. So you have a more comfortable, casual, skin-to-skin contact. Can you still function with the condom? Maybe you need to practice with your existing partner to build up that stamina. You have to treat you. It's like boot camp. Get ready. Okay, so we want to have a threesome for Christmas this summer. 
Let's get on it. You know, Christmas in the summer. <laughs> Let's get on it this summer. Let's start, you know, getting our, working on our confidence, getting our game together, knowing our game plan, knowing what our budget is going to be, how we're going to do this and how we're going to go out and approach to get this threesome. And then what we're going to do with it when we get it. Like, mm. and you got to ask yourself some very serious questions. It's a questions. lot of things. I ask couples all the you know, time. Do you know what you're asking for when yeah. you bring that energy into your space? Yes. I'm different. I'm a great playmate. I know etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come to me. If you do say something negative about your partner, I'll find a nice, comfortable stopping spot to be like, hey. Yeah, we good. I don't want to be in the middle of this because I'm thinking, you know, I want to hit that later. So I don't want to, you're going to distract <laughs> me. So, <laughs> but I do know a great therapist. <laughs> she can help you out with that. Lady Diana. But it's hard for couples to have that conversation yeah. to say, babe, you know, you're not hitting it mm-hmm. the way you used to. You know what, though? When I hear couples talk about threesomes, it's usually the dude in the couple that's pushing for a threesome without thinking that, okay, if this is open for me, is it open for you? And if it is open for you, how would it feel for me to watch you get like done? Smashed. I'm thinking about I'm thinking like, about P Valley. Did y'all see done. that episode? Nah, I, didn't I don't see watch it. P Valley. So no, oh. me neither. <laughs> he had the the guy had the stripper as his has as his maid. And he got with his wife and said, I'm going to pay her, contract her, basically. The wife is there when she arrives. I did see some of that with somebody. The wife is there when she arrives. And he's he's asking her, you know, give her the Mercedes experience. Dance for me and my wife. The stripper starts dancing. The wife is like. She gets turned on. (laughs) Right. He's so busy getting what he wants. He did not even realize that his wife liked women more than men. So then the wife reached out to her and was like, come through. So they started messing around on the side. So the next time they all three got together, they pretty much pushed him to the end of the bed. And he... A little awkward. He became livid. He was like, y'all think I ain't never seen two women? Her crushed his soul. Wow. Crushed his soul. I've seen it happen on more than one occasion. I've seen the dance scene, but I I didn't follow follow Because, I mean, real life and up up close and personal where the man thinks he's getting his fantasy, you know, and he's like, okay, well, you can only play with girls. Exactly. I saw you roll your eyes. Until they run up on the wrong girl. You know what? (laughs) But then, okay, she playing with girls, and the next thing you know is she leaving you for For a girl. For a girl. I've seen that happen, especially we we discuss women and lesbians and and things of that sort. And so when you see a stud, it was referred to when we were on base that the stud was the wolf and all the girls were the sheep at Mm. the bottom of the hill. Mm. And one of the girls are like, so Anita, you know, so what are you? I was like, well, I'm not a wolf. You're a shepherd. No, I'm a ram. (laughs) I look just like the sheep. <laughs> She's a shepherd. She coordinates. I look just I'm like the sheep. I look just like the sheep, and people confuse when they see me. And I'm wearing my lipstick and my hair. You know, I look a certain way. I look very feminine. They think she's harmless. She's going to be a perfect centerpiece to our little festivities. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then once I start to do my thing, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to dominate both of you if you let me. Absolutely. And then people are feeling, I mean, they like it. I know they enjoyed it, but they still feel some type of way. Me, me personally, when you go to talking about threesomes, even though a lot of men have that fantasy about it, I don't feel it's our place to bring it up. I think the woman should bring it up personally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not saying it's general. That's Ever. because I of think, who you are. I think the I think the female should bring it up and if if she has the fantasy of that, because sometimes it can create a certain level of tension, 
the woman may go along with it just to please the man Mm -hmm. and not get any satisfaction. So the long term effects of it is worse than you let me bring it up. I'm going to say M M F. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and, and that's the thing. You know, if you're going to bring up the threesome aspect, you have to be open to both sides of the world. So everything is you're always going to have a different perspective. You know, I always always say you part of the Al B. Sure collection. (laughs) You guys have always been (laughs) popular. If you're unsure about the Al B. Sure collection, the light skinned brothers with the green eyes and the the swag and things of that sort. I always like I used to joke. Oh, you part of the Al B. Sure collection. If he was a little bit younger. Then you part of the Christopher Williams collection, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, men that are more attractive, and as far as women that are more, a lot of times the way we go about getting things is much different than people that might. Is it? Yes, mm. it's it's unfortunate. I, I, I agree with you. It's but, a, but that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm very aggressive in my head, so you think it's just in your head. It may be in my behavior. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's more than just in your head. (laughs) What do you think is something that you can do or we can do or that would be nice to be done to bring more awareness to the black culture that it is okay to be open with your sexuality? It is okay to talk about it. What are some things you would like to see happen? I think we're doing it, right? Just one, by having just, audacity to talk about it. You know, yeah. You One, we're talking about it. Two, we're living our lives. So if you are just living your life, people, you it, it's almost like uh, Marion Williams said, right, in her poem. When you shine your light, you give other people the permission to shine their light. Sometimes when you're just living your life, you give other people permission kind of in their thinking to go ahead and live their life too. I completely agree with that. Like I said in the beginning, I I have people ask me all the time, why do you put yourself out there? Why do you talk about certain things? Oh, are you going to talk about sets? And I tell people, yes, I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about money, power, and sets. Absolutely. Because it matters in so many different stages and representation matters. Uh, so that we can, if you know better, you do better. And it's probably going to feel a lot better too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's all I have for this evening. Thank you for inviting Mm -hmm. me. Okay, y'all.